about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> oh, hon. Hon, you're a healer. Am I? Heal me. I'm so drowsy. Why am I this drowsy? Well, it's a gray Sunday. We've had a lot going on already. I uh, just, the best the best healing advice I can do, I can say, yeah, is rest. Rest, yeah. Lean in. Don't you know, my, fight the rest. Give yourself some fucking thoughtful downtime. rest. Downtime. I did last night. Last night I came home at like 10.30 p.m. It was a Saturday night. And I just put on movie. I, well, actually, I listened to a podcast in the home, just on the speaker, while I like tidied a little bit, and I sort of wandered. Why are you saying that? Like that's surprising. Well, no. Whenever I listen to a podcast, I'm usually going somewhere. I'm in the car, or I'm on the train. I'm they're in the okay. headphones. I rarely just listen to a podcast, like just like at. I guess I do that a lot. Yeah, that's like not true at all, but I was going to let you just like live this lie. But I listened to multiple episodes. It was like four hours, not four hours, but. <laughs> oh, he's exaggerating. That's for sure. The point is that like usually you come home on a Saturday night, you're going to put on a movie if you're going to do like sure. a quiet night you're gonna in. You're going to party. You're going to fucking kick your feet up. Yeah, you're going to get nuts. Like, maybe you're going to have a seltzer, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I brought up <laughs> healing because this is a healing-centric episode. That's right. We have a wonderful he healer by the name of Mariam Ajayi. Yes. She was such a great interview. She really was. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But We yeah. fell in love with her a little bit, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, she's so great. And I felt so centered. And uh, I don't listen to all these episodes when they go up, but I can't wait to listen to this one again. <laughs> When it airs in the morning. Wow, what a promotion. What a promotion. I just, am, I'm listening to so many other podcasts. You're juggling a lot of content. Yes, and that that's why I'm tired. But never in the home. Never in the home. He's not doing it in the home. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, so you're a healer. You're a yoga person. I'm trying to be a healer. Yeah, uh, but there's a problem in the healing world. There is. Which we learned a lot about from Mariam. Yes, she is a good source to discuss such matters. Yeah, so basically her whole thing is uh, diversity in the healing sector. Do people uh, call it the healing sector? You can, sure. The healing business, which is like a multi-billion dollar business, I think we, we heard when we were doing some minor research. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's her whole thing. I think yeah. that it's a big part of her work part and of she's, her mission. and she's doing a lot to speak to that and empower other healers of color and bring in people, white ladies like me and be like, are you an ally? What's up? Yeah. 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 So it's a very, very, just an aspect of all the work she does. And real quick, if you're like, well, I'm not listening to this episode because <laughs> I don't need to hear about spirituality or healing. She's also got just a really badass story of like working in politics. She was a Republican lobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like working in business and finance and all these really interesting things and coming to find her true higher purpose in life. Uh, it's just a really cool story. Such a cool uh, personality and, um, you know, story of like changing your life when yeah. you're not happy with where it's headed. Uh, She's very inspirational and I would like to work with her in some capacity. Yeah. 
You, you, yeah. And people like her, you know, like yeah. it, I, that's what's fun about this show is we get to like really meet people who are doing cool stuff. and Which uh, I is you'll hear in the episode, but we just met once in person and then we kind of started stalking each other a bit on Instagram, which is like that really is the my most favorite part of Instagram is that I get to find people that I find really inspiring or that I really I like their sense of humor or whatever. And yeah, she just has really seemed like a badass bitch. And so I've been like DMing her a lot and commenting on her things, just being like, you're awesome. I'm here for it. Like yeah. letting her know that I like am really into her message. And so she was nice enough to come on the podcast and really like give us some of her time and her story. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to it, how, how are you, my love? Oh my God. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm very tired, but tired because I had a very productive weekend and week. I'm back in the yoga studio. I'm down dogging. I'm planking. Um, I'm connecting with my breath and, uh, I'm really beginning to feel like myself again. So yeah, the bones in your arm are not so thin anymore. No, no. Like the bone hasn't shot through my skin when trying to, uh, uh, do a down dog. So that's promising. Yeah. Like a compound fracture, like in a horror movie. <laughs> Somebody at work the other day was like, did your bone break the skin? I was like, no, I didn't have a fucking compound fracture. Right. I was like, I think you would have heard about it. And the way they said that, it sounds like they were hoping that you were going to say yes. And it was crazy. There was blood everywhere. Well, she's also the type of person that like she asked me that question and then like didn't listen to the answer and just mm. like zoned out on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Does she listen to the show? No. All right, good. It's fine. And even if she did, I talk mad shit about her to her face. So it's fine. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's fine. Keeping it transparent with the shit talk. You know, I talk. You, I say it to your face. You keep it one hundred. I keep it one hundred. I say it to your face. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I have your name in my mouth, and I <laughs> will say it to you. So, hun, I've told you once. I told you a million times. Get my name out your mouth. It's in my mouth. I, your name is in my mouth. I'm about to flip this table. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Why am I? I'm. I, I slept so much last night. Uh, yeah, but I you're think like, I'm, you're busy all the time. You're yeah. exerting a lot of energy all the time. Like just because you have one good night of sleep don't mean that you can't be tired. Jenny told me that I need to schedule a day off every week. I think that I think is, I should do that. Yeah. That's I, my therapist, Jenny. Shout out to Jenny. Jenny. Hun, how are you other than being tired? I'm good. I, uh, just, yeah, just feel very busy. Things yeah. feel busy. Uh, but I had such a nice day with you. We went to our support group meeting together in mm -hmm. the morning time and felt very spiritually centered by that. Have mm -hmm. we talked about we yeah, we talked about that it's the money one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That we're that we're uh attacking our debt problems. And uh, just so you know, everyone, there is literally a twelve step for any and every problem you can think of. Yeah. So if you have a problem with something and you're like, where should I go for help? Literally Google what that problem is. Plus 12 step recovery, you'll probably find some eating somewhere. Yeah. And then you'll find like all these amazing people handling that same problem. Even online. Maybe you don't have meetings in your neighborhood, but like there's a lot of people that do stuff with online meetings and phone mm -hmm. meetings and stuff. So if you want the help, and since this episode is about healing, healing, get out there. Healing, help, love, care. Everyone's fucked up. Yeah. So just remember that baseline. Yeah. Everyone's fucked up and some of us like getting help for it. Yep. Uh, I went to two of those meetings for the drinking one yesterday. Whoa. 
Did I hear somebody call it the beverage program today? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I've heard that before. I don't before. think I've heard it phrased that way. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, this weekend I have shows in Minnesota, and then uh, Monday I come back and I've got a show in the West Village at the Slaughtered Lamb Pub, I oh think it's called. Oh my God, the uh, Slaughtered Lamb. You know where that is? Yes, I had a real fucking horror show childhood experience at that place. It's on Bleecker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Monday night, if you want to see where Ross had a horrible childhood experience, <laughs> I really did. come I had, to the Slaughtered Lamb. I had a full panic attack and I had to like make my family leave. What was it about? There, I don't know if they still have this, but it was, um, there's some like bizarre sound effect in the restaurant. Like, I think it's like near the bathroom or something where it's like a piercing scream of some kind of a goat being slaughtered probably probably and it's like anytime somebody goes in and out of this doorway or the hallway that sound happens yeah. and it was like i was probably like eight or nine and i was bugging the fuck out wow. like it really really messed me up and to the point where i was like crying and like shaking <laughs> i was like we have to get out of here and so we had to leave before ordering anything wow well that seems like such a dumb sound to have in a restaurant like a place of welcome well and you know my dad loves like an experience like let's go yeah. check out this new place and i think this was it was around the time we were like really into like themed restaurants and this mm -hmm. was um pre jekyll and hyde restaurant and i think it was like affiliated with that yeah, somehow i think they are yeah they are right yeah. yeah yeah so that my dad was like oh let's go to this like other weird theme restaurant with this fucking horror show literally happening inside and i my little mind could not handle wow. it wow well yeah i'll be performing so there be monday there. <laughs> monday april 1st if you want to come check out that show uh and then yeah more shows i'll tell you guys about next week uh uh, what was I going to say, though, just about that? Uh, I'm sorry that I... Oh, I was just thinking about all the meltdowns in the West Village uh, <laughs> where you were, poor you was crying in a bathroom. I was thinking about when we shot Nailing It, our fashion web series, and uh, you're hosting. I really, uh, I really was not a great producer because you were, you were having a hard time and I don't think I was good well, at talking you off the ledge. She has a little bit of an anxiety problem yeah. that, you know... Through more research and investigation, uh, we've discovered is legitimate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's working on it. And she's healing it. She's She's got the CBD. She's got I the think, therapy. I think we were doing nailing it before I was on medication. Before actually. sertraline? Yeah. Yeah, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah. Definitely. Uh, so that was, I, that was before Zoloft came into my life and really helped me balance out some shit. Sertraline yeah. just being the generic of Zoloft. Yeah, that was like six years ago. Wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> and there's so much more to do. That's the thing, man. It's like life is a oh, journey, man. man. Which brings us back to like the point of this episode, you know? Yes. It's like breath, movement, getting in touch with yourself. High vibrations. Crystals. Mm -hmm. Burning. Palo Santo. Palo Santo. <laughs> and burning, and burning marijuana. No, we're not doing that. Smoking crack. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't do that with healing? But I think that maybe this is an important episode for you to listen to so that you do make some time for I, structured rest. Yeah, so you're saying trying harder and writing more to-do lists won't help? Trying harder and writing more to-do lists will not help. I think that, you know, I think honestly it's about us or you individually doing 
more just like laying on the couch and reading. Yeah. Playing some card games like we did upstate. Like, I think we have to take more from that little upstate adventure, which truly felt restful in a way that, like, I cannot accomplish at home or I tell myself I can't accomplish at home. And yeah. finding that sort of thing for ourselves individually and together. Should we play cards tonight? I don't know. There's like a lot of shows I want to watch. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe. Yep. Well, you guys, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> we are so glad you're listening. We have, uh, we really loved our guests this week. We Please really do. Pl- we hope you do too. Let us know if you enjoy it in the comments. Are there comments on podcasts? I don't even know. Yeah, I think uh, so, but we haven't had any in a while. So guys, throw us in comments. Yeah. And also uh, look up Miriam's website and Instagram and like book a session with her or yeah, something. Yeah, definitely. She's she, fucking rad. She will help you focus your energy and, and really, uh, really get you back on the right path. Ooh. Uh, anyway, check out our interview today with Miriam Ajayi. Everybody, we have a great show. We, sure we are do. so glad to have our guest, Mariam Ajayi, That's in the house. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. I over enunciated yeah. that time. No, but that's the way you're supposed to. Okay. Um, so I'm Nigerian. Oh, cool. Half Nigerian, and the tribe that I'm from is Yoruba. So, like, everything is pronunciated Whoa. really hard. Oh, interesting. Mariam Ajayi. From what tribe? Yoruba. From the Yoruba tribe of Nigeria. She made the trip to come here to drink some ginger tea with us. Uh, how are you? Are you doing good? I'm good. Drinking tea and spilling tea. And yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you're wearing a black metal t-shirt. Yeah. I can't tell what the oh, red the letters wing. say. Yes. Oh, it the says wing. annihilate the patriarchy. And it's um, a t-shirt from the wing. Yeah. And which it has is, all of the locations on the back. I've been telling my male friends is a cult and they are going to take us down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the point. But that's where y'all met. That is yes, where, we met, where we met. Which I was like, I think I've actually only met you once in person. For literally seven minutes or something like that. And it was the that like the wing women speed dating. Speed dating, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Those were the days. Do they still do that? I'm not a member anymore. Oh <laughs> what? <laughs> it's okay, we can still hang out. I have complicated feelings about it, but it's okay. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna start this episode out with scandal. Uh no, I I, I, I think it's <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's yeah. my own nitpickiness, you know, but okay. I also just wasn't using the facilities that much. And so I was like, I don't really need to be spending the money to, yeah. to like kind of belong. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of a, like the better part of a year. I was never there and I was playing paying for all access. Exactly. Um, right now I'm on a travel membership, which. Right. The once a month, right? Once a month, yeah, which yeah. I think makes a lot more sense for me yeah right now yeah yeah yeah. much more affordable (laughs) (laughs) than the the all access (laughs) um but you really stood out to me and i'm so glad that we like became social media friends and reconnected because i remember like so we had this wing speed dating event and it was like literally like speed dating for friends and you're just like meeting all these people in this women's club the people mm-hmm. don't if people yeah, don't know what, what the wing what, is spell it out in the most simple terms possible if people don't know what the wing is it's uh 
I guess they identify as a coven, right? A coven. <laughs> it's a co-working. The base is it's a co-working space. It's a co-working space and community for women or people, people who that identify, identify as women. And, and, and witches. And non, non-binary now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Um, so but no definitely c- not for me. Not for you, honey. No. no cis men allowed. Thank you so much. But now there, there are. So oh, that's really? very controversial because... Like people- on their management or... Um, inside the wing. Oh, so really? it's a very like, um, it's something I can't even like. I don't even want to talk like about it. Like they probably <laughs> meaning like men can sign up and they have to accept men. Can men. come in. They can oh, be like guests. They, yeah, and so this is like big, and this is just like rumors. Like there's, well, no, it's a fact. I saw a man in the wing, and I was just like, you were so like, do I ring the fire alarm? Do I get yeah. a weapon? What do I'm I do? Like, and you Whatever. could just tell that people were upset about it. Yeah. And this has been going on in the San Francisco location. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I had ho- overheard a woman say that it was a space for women and high vibe gay men. And I was just like, what? What's a high vibe gay man? <laughs> <laughs> like a witchy gay man? Well, it was just to me, I was like, OK, we're changing the rules of the game. And I hadn't been in that mm. scene for yeah. a while. And he was standing by the, the bathroom in the pump room. So I was just like, you could tell. I mean, I'm when you energy- say pump room, is that the breastfeeding pump yes, room? Correct. It's yes. not like the plumbing for the building. <laughs> no, it's not like the HVAC room. It's like we're uh, getting. But your boobs first out. guess was yeah. the breast pump. So yeah. well you done. You are adorable. I know oh, you're married, sweet. but oh my god, isn't he? <laughs> I know. So Please cute. feel free to find. <laughs> oh, you're blushing. This will be my this will be my ego episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you, wait, so so you're saying this was shocking because for your whole membership, you were able to go there and have an expectation that it would just be women around. Like there's not yeah, even so men. It was a women's only yeah. club. Like men weren't even taking meetings there. Like what no. if I'm running a company with and a woman and she's a member and I, she no. can't have me come? No. Okay. Other places you can go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the point. It's that it's like literally a safe space just for yeah. women or people who identify yeah. as women. Gotcha. Like there'd be like UPS like delivery guys sometimes and it would literally be like yeah. all eyes yeah. like shift. Yeah. Be like okay it's just a delivery guy fine. And when it was just <laughs> Flatiron if they were doing a special event and there yeah. had to be a, a, a man there or if they were fixing something it would be like ladies it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like there was like a There's a like warning. an email that went out. <laughs> yeah. There's a phone there's a phone tree. Yeah. Which was Fucking cool. Like, because where do you ever have that? And I will say, I just so that I have a voice here in this conversation. (laughs) Yes, you need a voice. Sometimes (laughs) us men, sometimes us men are fucking monsters. So, (laughs) and uh, taking up a whole lot of space. Yeah. So they should send those emails. Exactly. (laughs) But now the, the rules have changed because. Of like, I think they were threatened with lawsuits and all of this stuff right, from right, a, right. a male's privilege something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just trash. Like when I f- first came up, and I was just like, "There's literally nowhere that's safe for us." Yeah, unless you're like in your apartment, right, by yourself. So like for me, it's like, especially being on the go, and then I'll come back to New York or a bigger city and have someone like cat call me. Or if I'm like, no, thank you, curse me out. Or yeah. like mm. being an energy um, healer and being able to read energy to just feel someone like savagely yeah. looking at you like mm. a piece yeah. of meat. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like there's literally nowhere 
for us to yeah. go. This and is like a literal bubble where it, yeah. you, you can kind of like, it's a force field where those energies aren't penetrating. Yes. And like, I've gone there, like the work situation that I just left was so toxic and like, the patriarchy mm-hmm. and I the wing was a couple of blocks away and I would go there to just like breathe oh that's yeah. great that's you, cool like, that that was there that's so cool yeah and to feel inspired you'd run into people it was like I, it still is you run into people and you're just like oh I feel so much better this yeah. sounds so great I think I might sign up oh god welcome uh, <laughs> all right well it's so cool to finally meet you in person I've yeah. heard a lot about you uh, I was checking out your Instagram and I'm like of course Ross is attractive to this person <laughs> because I came across uh, your hashtag uh, I have a thing for caftans <laughs> and Ross for a time was known around this house as yeah. the caftan captan that's right because she yeah. wears yeah. so many caftans yeah. Uh, yeah. Summertime so, caftans. Yeah, mainly. you know, it's like my looks transition a bit by yeah. season. You know, summertime I'm doing a little bit more. I think I described my my look to someone recently as like a little bit more bohemian cult leader mm-hmm. during the Ooh. summer, you know. And Whereas, which the uniform is a caftan for men and women. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I respect that so much, um, mainly because I used to think I was susceptible to joining a cult mm. really yes and then i'm re- getting leader vibes i don't want to yeah you know, know. like and now well, see, oh my god <laughs> let me finish <laughs> um, <laughs> i recently i said to someone yesterday i go i think i could run a fucking cult yeah you know yes that's well, where you have well, to check would, yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the fact that you said it to another person, that's the yeah. first step. And I realized I sounded like a psychopath yeah. when I said it. And I was like, <laughs> but I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, just joking. No, the, just you're transitioning to commune, okay? Yes. You're, you're going to lead a commune, not yes. a cult. But, well, at what point does the wing, something like the wing become a cult? Is it if, if there's one person who's like reaping some kind of benefit from it? Well, that could really get me started. Mm. Yeah, let's not get into controversy here. I don't want to... But I... I um. Yeah, I don't want to turn it into a whole unpacking the wing episode, but yeah. um, let's talk more about caftans. Let's talk yes. more about caftans. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, you talking about your former job that you left. I have such a distinct memory of meeting you in that mm. like little one-on-one because there was just like maybe I don't know three or four women that sort of stood out to me that I felt like I had like an immediate connection with. And you were one of them, and you were somebody that I, who I like, circled their name. <laughs> I did the same for you. Because <laughs> I remember you were so like, which you seem really different now, like yeah. from like a year and a half ago. And you were just like, you said something about your job that it was like, I think it was in tech. Yeah. yeah, 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 and you were fintech, like, financial technology. Uh, yeah. And oh, you, I and, hate the sound of it. That it's just <laughs> yeah. called fintech. And you seemed like not into it, like well, when you sort of described it. When well, I mean, I loved it. So I was in Republican lobbying for seven years. Wow. Holy shit! Surprise! Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, you have to be. You have to. Every quality that's going to make you a great cult leader makes you a good lobbyist. Yes. I assume. Exactly. The That's art of totally persuasion, true. the art of seduction, yeah. uh, just being comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. Or a good activist, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. it's like my energy has been redirected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
also a good healer of like trying to get people on board with their own healing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. for me, I feel like I just have a, a very high awareness of how things are. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for, you know, the other side, I know the other <laughs> side and it's like, I know the dark arts, you know? Yeah. Um, and we can talk about this in a little bit, but for my company and bringing healing into business and business into healing, there's a reason why I haven't decided to run for public office mm. or to continue to work on the Hill mm -hmm. or to work for a congressman, woman, um, yeah. because I know that business literally runs the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, real quick, just so we can set up some like basic framing here. What, what is the bullet point resume? Like, undergrad what was the first career what was the second career and what's the what's what's happening now in a nutshell and then we can get into the details of those things yeah so i uh went to virginia tech undergrad mm -hmm. did a bs ba whatever yeah it's all bs <laughs> <laughs> in psychology um and then I went to go work at a law firm. So I just got a temp position. It was right when like everything was falling apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in, in Virginia? In DC. So okay. I was living back at home in Annapolis, got a temp job and I was like, maybe I'll go to law school and three, four years, whatever it will, hopefully this mess will be over. Mm -hmm. um, You're talking about the financial the, mess? Yeah. The financial okay. mess. It's like the, the recession. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Wait. 2008. Yeah, the, 2008. Yeah. Um, is when I graduated. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a couple of months and then had a temp agency reach out to me about a legal position at a trade association. So that's where the, the lobbying. And a trade association in. is literally trade, like, like goods, things like that, not financial trade. Not financial trade. So it's when a group of companies in an industry are represented oh, under one umbrella. I see. So okay. I worked for a liquor lobbying oh, trade cool. association. That's trade fun. association, yeah. Party <laughs> time? It, I mean, it was... A lot of entertaining clients and it, or, or politicians, I assume. Politicians and then like the biggest liquor brands. Oh my God. We had an annual party. Did you work for ABI? Um, no, I worked for... I guess they're not liquor anyway. Well, they were like our rivals' friends, like frenemies yeah. before I knew what frenemies were. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and I worked for the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. What? Which is one the of those actual fuck. Which is one of those funny names. <laughs> That's one of those funny names because it's corporations, right? Yes. But they make themselves sound like they are a public interest group or wow. something. Exactly. Uh, wow, like, wow, like wow. the. Uh, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. which I just learned recently is a private yeah. like entity that I they make that it either. sound like. Yeah. And that podcast, uh, The Dream, they talk about oh. multi-level marketing yeah. schemes. And uh, so anyway, the Distilled Spirits, what of the, America? The Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. Yeah. Just a good old. It was the council. <laughs> it was a like it was also the good old boys club. Oh, I'm it was sure. Uh, probably like the oldest, whitest, most leathery fucking yeah, we dudes. Had, our annual party was um at Mount Vernon, George Washington's estate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. There were fireworks at the end of it. But on um, well, a couple things. I worked for a woman that treated me horribly mm. and I was there for three years getting paid shit. Um, but then like one one day my friend who was taller, whiter, 
than me and working in the science department who the head of PR like had a thing for mm-hmm. um he would always give her tickets and opportunities and like she was treated a lot better mm-hmm. and had and, and so she would see the way I was treated and always invite me to things with her oh. so like one day we went to a John Legend um album release party and I think it was when he first started dating like Chrissy Teigen mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like a small party like sponsored by right. I don't know Grey Goose or something like yeah. that and I'm like oh there's John Legend and I was so ballsy at the time um, that I like literally tried to go sit with them and they're like you can't sit with them <laughs> <laughs> you know like you're like was- let me lobby okay <laughs> I'm lobbying I was like Excuse me? But like it was I went to a White House correspondence party where I just like literally put on a dress from day drinking for St. Patrick's Day. My friend that I used to work with now was also one of my five roommates. Mm-hmm. And so it was Oh my it God. was a shit show. And like I just pranced into this White House correspondence after party like I own the place. Yeah. So like, and your job wow. so and your job is to just make people aware of of the uh what is it again? The distillery. The benefits uh, of so, distilled. Uh, yeah, like so they would lobby for Sunday sales of oh. in different state by state. State by state yeah. and especially in the south where they don't have liquor sales on Sundays and they're yeah. like we could be making so much more yeah. if we could do that. So they do they, in New England a lot too cuz I'm I'm from Connecticut and they ha- there's like still it, all the puritan laws and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like it's just greed when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Sure. Um so I did that until it was Were you like, good at it? I worked in the 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 legal department. So yeah. I literally sat in a hole all day checking yeah. emails. Because you imagine our our general counsel had to deal with a lot of issues for the liquor industry right. yeah. as a whole. So I did a lot of like editing of stuff that was like being filed into laws, like any crazy stuff. There was like a code of conducts that Discus made up that all the um, liquor companies that were members and even outside members had to abide by and when there was a violation people would email Mm -hmm. us and then like a year and a half into that I started doing other stuff for other departments so like working with our PR comms Mm -hmm. um, state and federal affairs and that's when I was like I want to become a lobbyist Uh Mm. like I don't want to go to law school I don't want to sit in like a corner like doing all of this boring stuff right for like and then to see my future was my ex-boss and it did not look Mm. cute Mm -hmm. right it's not something spending tons of money and being in school for a long time yeah like i can just like schmooze with people and make that money yeah (laughs) so did you get to the point where you were like a professional schmoozer well i was on my way to becoming a professional schmoozer so i went to go work at another trade association um, that was, hold on to your butts, the American Coalition for Clean Coal Electricity. <laughs> Which is another pretty name for coal, coal is ruining everything. Uh, and so for me, I was like, well, one... And, and real quick, both of these places, were there other other women of color? And is that is that a... Can I say that? Is that how people talk? <laughs> what do you say? That's a polite thing to say. Is yeah. of color okay? I don't even yeah. know what is... 
you say anymore. Oh, that was sweet. Yeah, huh? a woman of uh, color. What do you, I mean, so, were there other black women? Is it black women? Uh, well, all the black women were assistants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there was another black woman when I went to go work at Clean Coal, mm-hmm. who she was the head <laughs> of um, communication. She did like digital. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is legit. There was a black man who did state affairs. He was like the like a VP almost of state affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is a respectable place. There was a black woman that was a head of IT. And so at the liquor lobby where everyone was white except for the assistants. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I think he was in accounting. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's like literally a box that got checked off. Yeah, for yeah. Their, exactly. Like, yeah. So for me, especially Cole and um, I grew up as a Republican. So like mm-hmm. Nigerians, a lot of immigrants you'll see, they'll identify as mm-hmm. Republican, yeah. especially because of the free market values, which the Republican Party was whoring mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I know the distinction and I was like, I don't care. Did you grow up near DC or in DC? In Maryland, Annapolis, mm-hmm. so 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. But I remember when we moved to America, we had a mock election in my like, like kindergarten yeah. mm. and it was during i think it was bush clinton i don't know yeah i don't know but i remember being like my dad was just like if we were still in nigeria you would not be able to vote yeah oh and so i was just like this is like such an honor you know mm. yeah. and my whole family is like very political like my mom my brother were are, are Democrats. My mm-hmm. dad and I would be like the Republicans and like... Oh, interesting. That's what's like dinner time. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like someone would always leave in tears because we were talking <laughs> about world politics. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So the education never stopped for you or it started early and like then you got into that world. Yeah. Wow. And I always thought it was so fascinating and then I was just like, okay, I got my foot in the door and then I moved over to like the state affairs, federal affairs side of things. Mm. And uh-huh. that's when I was still an assistant, but I had, I was able to do programs. So I would set up a lot of events and like lobbying events. And that was my exposure to it. And then my boss, who's funny enough, I was thinking about this of like in DC, the most supportive people I worked under were men. Yeah. Because I think they were like, look at this young black girl that we could send and then she opens her mouth and she's smart, God yeah. forbid. <laughs> and then she tells these like NRA liquor swinging guys that she's a Republican. Yeah. It was just like, it was a thing. It was a shtick. Yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. They're like, you're never going to believe this. Check this yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, what tribe from Nigeria? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm an immigrant and it's like, yeah. I'm their story of, yeah. Yes. Like, they're going to fucking cling on to yeah. you. Yeah. They're like, put her on the cover of next month's pamphlet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was just like, I was there to be cute, to be funny, set mm-hmm. things up and to learn. And that is intoxicating. That's so exciting when people are like behind you and they like, they're so happy to like exactly. be able to parade you around. And it makes you feel probably very important. And, yeah. And then yeah. I became like on the inside circle of our, a, we had a new CEO come in and he was the ex RNC chairman. Mm. Holy and he like shit. respected me. Sure. Up for debate now. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. But he gave me a lot of opportunities and my boss then became his chief of staff. Mm-hmm. At one point I was his interim executive assistant. Like 
And he had people like Madeline Albright, and he still does. I don't know his life now, but emailing him. Yeah. What 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 was there? So the the this the liquor one they wanted Sunday sales. Was there like a singular goal for the coal companies? To basically to keep the coal industry alive. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, I honestly was just like, well. Okay, if the technology exists, I never saw it. I don't know what this technology is. <laughs> I was basically it's like weapons for of Theranos. mass destruction, right? Yeah. It's like I never saw it, but I believed in it. But for me, I'm like, if there's a way that people, if they can spend millions of dollars upgrading facilities and then we could burn cleaner coal, mm-hmm. I know from going to Virginia Tech and meeting people from like West Virginia, yeah. like that's how their economies run. Yeah. So if you shut down coal plants, you're shutting down towns. And yeah. That's what actually happened. Right. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, I was like, okay, there's room for all of us. That's yeah. kind of how, how I operate as a whole. Sure. Now I was like, there's room for us all to do stuff if we are doing stuff for a higher purpose. It, yeah took me a while to get there sure. to realize that yeah um but yeah and so i was being like flown to go to chicago which i was just like i'm going to business trip yeah like you know, in your 20s it's like so exciting yeah. you like everything paid for like yeah. staying at nice hotels and then like people respecting me which i didn't have at my last job it was just like this is amazing. and are you in like pantsuits 24 7 no j crew and lily pulitzer nice. <laughs> so i went from a place where i had to wear like pant like a ill-fitting pantsuit yeah to, like I could wear bright colors and like. Oh, button- interesting. Yeah. Wait, but why? <laughs> why did they? Why was the? Why was clean coal uh, like okay with that? Just because they like respected well, you and let well, you do your thing. Well, it was also not. It was very formal, but like J Crew dressed up. You yeah, know? yeah, So yeah. like, and then if I had to go to an event, I'd put like a cute little blazer on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the difference of like it was old boys club at the liquor okay. lobby and then this was just like old money yeah. okay okay you know was oh yeah good? they're doing a lily pulitzer yeah <laughs> did you ever we're meet- going to regattas you know? oh my god <laughs> <laughs> did you ever meet the guy uh blankenship the he was like one of the coal corporations like main dudes i remember reading this rolling stone investigative report about him he he owned the company that had one of the worst like cave-ins of a one of the mines, mines uh, and they just found all this fucked up shit about this company. And he was like so good. He was like such a car salesman in that world that he like. But I think they did prosecute him, and he went to prison and stuff. But did you ever meet those kinds of unsavory characters in that business? Or? So I think I was like really far removed. Like probably I don't know if he ever came. I don't I don't know him. I don't know what company he's with, but for those stuff it'd be like the VIPs are coming in. I probably made made the coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So you're on the fringe. And so how did all that part of your life how did you end up in fintech? Yeah, so there was a job after that. So I basically was poached from one of our consultants uh gotcha. which is like the darkest arts um (laughs) so it's a it was a lobbying firm which Uh i was just like money and i did strategic alliances with them and that was basically working with third parties um so you have a client which 
would be a big Fortune 5 company, yeah. mm-hmm. for example, and they were like, we want these laws to be passed. Yeah. So what I would do is go out and find credible sources and say, I would love for you to write about this issue in this kind of way. Yeah. That benefits my client. And I don't really say who my client is. And I can is. take you to some really nice dinners. and Yeah. Wow. yeah. And then I can give you a grant for X, Y, and Z. Mm. And I could write you a draft if you want. Or you could write a draft, but I would love it for... for did you work for the Koch brothers? Um, No, I did not work for the Koch brothers. I worked for DCI Group. Okay. Um, which which is- sounds evil, too. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what those letters stand for. It's just like devil... Cox uh, Incorporated. Devil, Devil Cox, Cox Incorporated. Cox, yeah. We all in, in this company. We all have Devil Cox, and we swing them around, and we take everybody's money. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm we'll Mario. We'll take you out to a nice. We'll take you out to a yeah. nice dinner first. Though. Yeah. Allegedly, it it doesn't stand for anything, and allegedly the um. The, one of the founders is the tobacco guy, and thank you for smoking. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So like I used to go to Altria for a weekly meeting on taxes for Mm -hmm. corporate companies. I'm starting to get your life's work now, but let's stay here. Let's stay here. Let's let's stay here. So, okay. So you, you do this work and you're saying, which is really the dark arts, meaning you're discovering like how, I assume this is where you've, you learn that business is more powerful than government and that these people have so much leverage. Exactly. And also like with we did a public affairs so it's basically literally fake news mm-hmm. so it's almost a mind mm. fuck when you have donald trump who is in business talk about fake news mm-hmm. because he's probably paid people <laughs> to make storylines he's generating the you know he's gen- <laughs> so he knows it and so i think that's kind of like he's peeing on us and telling mm. us it's raining so mm. i think there's many layers to my disgust for him mm-hmm. but i think that is like of the biggest thing so if i was working on a campaign my, i would like literally get off if one of my friends that was a democrat would be like you know what i actually read somewhere about xyz you know and, and like you're like <laughs> yeah. like mr yeah. burnsing like over yeah. in the yeah. corner <laughs> yeah we had a client where it was like my friend was a democrat and her firm worked uh, for that same client, and we all sat in one room at the client's interesting office. Wow, yeah. you know, so it's like we had competitors that were in both offices, where it's like you're not necessarily like colluding with the person next to you, but you're you're aware of what's going on. So there's a lot of well, it's it's like oh. the capitalism becomes like the great motivator for everybody involved like everybody's just trying to make money or find and the democrats are doing it too. the democrats yeah. are doing yeah. it too so yeah. that's why i'm just like don't don't even play with me like y'all over there are doing the same the same thing and then even colluding with people across the aisle mm-hmm. so it's just like every every news cycle and all the information out there is like you really just have to take it at face value yeah, yeah. 
It's so interesting. Nobody's actually representing who they're supposed to be representing (laughs) is the bottom line, right? This is is four, five, six years after you graduated college that you're now in this deep? Yeah, this is it. So I think it was just, it happened like really fast if you think about it. Um, And then because I was on strategic alliances, that was just like insane. And then the more work that I got because it's, this is like the plight of the black woman of like, you're not good enough. Let's give you more work mm. to prove that you're good enough. Mm. But actually like, I'm really good at what I do and you're threatened by it. So you want to put me down, oh. but to prove myself, I'm going to keep doing more and more work. Mm-hmm. And so through that, I was invited into more and more rooms, into more and more campaigns. And then I was like in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that it went deeper and I could not handle it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I kind of relate like I to I, I when I when I think about like the idea of like compromising one's personal principles for like um professional advancement or a claim or money or whatever. I was a TV producer for many mm. years and I got very good at kind of being a little bit slick and a little bit manipulative and to get the 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 content that I needed because it was like documentary. I say that with air quotes. Um, <laughs> and we were sometimes kind of embedding ourselves with these families that were going through very difficult times in some shape or form. And I mean, look at this charming guy. You I know. know. So so I would. I actually I was just like shit. I have never actually said th- these names. <laughs> like I, you, I would be I would be the guy. I would sit there with them at dinner and I'd say, you know, I think this is really powerful that you want to share your story I think you're gonna help a lot of people and like we just want to be here to document your experience and and I believed it and and Mm. I to to a certain extent it's true but at the end of the day it really was to create a product that would be sold which is another way of saying exploiting people yeah Um, (laughs) literally quite literally so eventually I uh did have to I guess come to the same crossroads it sounds like you did where it's like do I really want to be doing this? Is this right to be doing? Um, why do I feel shitty? <laughs> why am I almost 30 years old and like want to walk into traffic because I've like am this deep into this career? Um, and it sounds like your career was probably uh, not a nine to five. It sounds like there was a yeah. lot of long hours. It's yeah. like a hundred hours a week or yeah. something. But I was always like my, my boss when I left that company was another black female and she was a lesbian, you know, and it was like all the odds against her. Yeah. (laughs) But she was also like, you know, like doing really well for herself. And like, she was just always telling me like, I wasn't doing good enough. I wasn't doing good enough. And I was just like, wow. Also, why are what? And like at Cole, like the at big Cole, at big Cole, (laughs) Like the one black woman I looked up to, she was always being like, you're amazing. Do better. Like, not like you're amazing and I can't wait to see you grow. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. She was like, maybe I should teach you how to code. So like you could do websites one day. Mm -hmm. Like she was always like pushing me up Mm -hmm. um, and even like or taking her with you. Yes, exactly. And even like the woman that was the black woman that was the head of IT, like the way that she would take me out to lunch if she thought I was having a bad day. And this woman was just sending me crazy ass emails at all times and night. And nothing I did was good enough. My writing was shit. LOL. 
(laughs) 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 And it was just like, it was so absurd. And I was working with a group of women who were all bullying me. And I was just like, women shouldn't treat each other like Mm. this. I was just like, it was all of it. So it was not just the work. It was the environment. It was just very cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went to finance. Yes, that was a solution. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know what? There aren't enough sharks in these waters. I'm going to go find more. Yeah. And so for me, it was like they had a social mission. And I think working for a company that wanted to do good was life changing for me. Yeah. Um, and it was a global company as well. Okay. And so like I had traveled out of the country before, but not like extensively. Mm-hmm. And like the people in my realm were that were international were either from the UK or Nigeria. Okay. And so I had never really- Using those Nigerian connects. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and so I've worked for Prodigy Finance and they give loans to international students to get their their graduate degrees. That sounds amazing. Yes. And so it's like giving people an opportunity that they wouldn't have- financing options too yeah and it really like lit a fire under me and what is the business model like let's find the smartest international students in the world give them this like loan and then they're definitely going to be able to pay it back because they're going to be brilliant business people or whatever exactly okay yes interesting yes and so it's like the financial return obviously because you're selling loans yeah um and then also the social good of it yeah and so i would meet someone their first day of college, right? Like someone that's applied, everything's online mm-hmm. and we would go to be like the face. So like, hey, like I worked in engagement and growth. So I would meet someone, let's say at Harvard and be like, no, you don't have to do anything, but I wanted to give you this gift. And like, we would have mixers and parties mm-hmm. and also do speaking engagements about FinTech. Mm-hmm. So it's still kind of lobbying, right? It, yeah, it's relationship management. Okay. Basically. Yeah. So you're doing and, the same thing. Yeah. And just to back up for one second too, like with these other lobbying jobs that you've had prior to FinTech, were you kind of having that like internal debate of like, is this good? What am I doing? Like so that you wanted to work at a place that had a social mission? Yeah. So like my, it was the last, like it unraveled really quickly for me at DCI group. Mm-hmm. Like don't get it twisted. Like two, I was there for three years, maybe two and a half. I was just like, I'm doing, I'm helping the economy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And like yeah. would have debates about it with my roommates and friends. And I'd be like, okay, I'm helping the economy. And then it was like, there was one particular client where it just was too much. And Mm. it involved my home continent of Africa. Mm. And I was like, this is too real. You know, like shit hit home when it literally hit home. Right. Right. I was just like, yeah. And then when I saw it from that lens, that it was like, so dangerous like yeah. to the level of like we're in the danger zone now of like the control mm-hmm. that these companies have over not just our government but like the world right right because before i was doing a lot of domestic stuff right so it didn't really yeah. i didn't the, really think about it that's right. so funny those conversations with friends that you just described like i i did the same thing where i had my rationalizations that it was like i'm just 
I'm just like telling other people's stories. Like they signed up for this. Like yeah. I, I didn't like force anybody to do anything. And, and like, and then the genuine, like, actually this will help people. Like people need to see these stories. And yeah. I do still half believe a lot of that, but it's funny how we just say what we need to say to, to justify it. To make yourself feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you make yourself believe it. Yeah. You know? And then talking to like one of my best friends, my best friend, coworker, roommate is what we called each other. Mm -hmm. um, and like now, like we're, she's living in New York and we're still close. I'm going to be in her wedding. And I took her to my work party with me. And um, this is when things were just like really, really bad. And we were at a bar afterwards and I was sober. I was just like, I, I was like, I feel like I'm back Mm. in dc mm. and i've told myself a bunch of things and she was just like i mean i didn't want to say anything <sighs> and she was like but it was like when you were working you know at dci group and you really believed in what you were doing mm -hmm. so and it would you would get in fights or tiffs about it that it's like it's just better not to talk about it if you're passionate about your role and what you're doing mm -hmm. and she works um she got her master's in international development and she does a lot of stuff with the UN, the World Bank and stuff around impact. And she was like, so, I mean, I've looked at the model and she was like, and I didn't want to say anything, you mm. know? And she was like, and you would tell me situations that I'm like, want to say something as your friend, but then it's also like, you're so in it and like mm -hmm. in it to win it that mm. it's hard to like take someone out of what they're passionate about. Right. Yeah. So even like, you're lying to yourself and then like your friends are letting you lie to yourself. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, they're like, how far can I actually exactly push this and get anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, you got me thinking about like the six degrees of your life and like all these, <laughs> I mean, all the, it sounds like every, every person you've described that you've worked with and, uh, it just sounds like you're surrounded by like amazing people. And, uh, it's like, whatever industry you're in, you're always going to um, probably have like a really positive impact in some way. Even if the, even if like, even if you stayed with the liquor lobby, like you would make it the best liquor lobby <laughs> yeah. in America. You know, yeah. you have to find gratitude and like the lessons out of everything. Yeah. That's what the, the Marie Kondo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, totally. Uh, a fact. And my friend says it more eloquently, but she was, she like posted about it on her Instagram of like find, finding the gratitude in everything that you do. So mm -hmm. I'm like, the liquor lobby was like my foot in the door. Ace was where like they actually gave me a chance and gave me the resources. Mm -hmm. um, and then DCI was just like my awakening of mm. like, it was also like the beginning of the end of my old life. Yeah. 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 You know, and it was like I left, I even, I, I did a stint at a law firm. It was like six months, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> it was like I had. Uh, are you no. Olivia Pope? Like, what is <laughs> what is this life? Are I you yeah. or are you CIA? Like, I feel like you could be. Yeah. Like, there's deep cover going on yeah. here. <laughs> deep, deep cover. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be Olivia Pope, and when sure. that scandal came out, I was like, I'm Olivia Pope. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, it's handled. I was, I was just, <laughs> I was just in, a, in an elevator with Kerry Washington, what? and uh, I'm picking up similar vibes. You have a, there's <laughs> a confidence, there's a presence. Yeah. So. I think Carrie and I, Carrie, Carrie, uh -huh. obviously. Um, 
Uh, I'm definitely gonna meet her one day. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get along like gangbusters. Yeah. yeah, I'll probably be her spiritual advisor. Like yes. you heard it here first. I mean, your your resume is insane, so she'll she'll be very impressed. Well, thank you, because it's also like I feel like my resume is shit, you know, but that's just conditioning. Like I've only been out of the game officially Mm. for two weeks. And so I'll catch myself. Yeah. So my last day on the job was March 1st. And that is Prodigy? Prodigy Finance. Yes. Gotcha. So actually, I quit in my mind in November Uh after a really trash conversation that I had with our new department head. Okay. So was was this... It was an idealistic, it's an idealistic company and you, it sounds like you're hyped on some of the things they do, but in the end it didn't work out. It didn't work out. And I think that it wasn't because of the mission of the company. It was the company itself became like too toxic for Mm. me. Mm -hmm. And especially like, um, the way that I could put it is that I was a woman of color that did not act in a way that they wanted me to. Uh, Mm. Was it a sales job? Like, was it like quotas? Yeah, it was sales quota. And I became obsessed with like growth strategy and was like told like if I, it's, it's a startup. Well, it's a 10 year startup. So at certain mm-hmm. point you need to be like, okay, then why were you going to work for a 10 year startup? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I have to take onus for that yeah. and not be a victim. Mm. Like something's up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 10-year startups shouldn't exist, people. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... That's, that's, yeah, yeah, like that doesn't that sound like a startup. The yeah. starting part sounds like the yeah. first year or two. Yeah. Real slow burn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really slow. Still starting. Yeah, and so I went in for sales and relationship management, but I then was like, I love growth strategy and was trying to learn and prove myself in that aspect because it is a startup culture where you can make of it what you what you want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people are supposed to grow into different positions and that happened here and there and on our team but But then they told you to stay in your lane exactly um and i think they would give me like a cookie or two to be like oh you're on the right Mm -hmm. path Mm -hmm. um but then i think things started to not add up and i was asking a lot of questions that made them uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that looking back on it started to for them to then retaliate on my performance Mm -hmm. and i didn't really get that until recently Mm. it's really interesting you bring up the race aspect of that uh that they had expectation you wanted they wanted you to be a certain way as a woman of color however you phrased it um because i think that happens in like tv it happens in every industry Mm -hmm. and i have a very specific experience of witnessing um when I when I came in as uh, I was working at MTV and I came in as a production assistant the my first day when they're like this is your cubicle this is your computer and here is the IT gentleman that's going to set you up with your email account uh he'll get you set up African American guy uh I've known him now for 17 years am I allowed to say that <laughs> Yeah uh, no I'm laughing because every company that I've worked for has a black has IT a, guy a black, black IT, IT guy, guy. yeah <laughs> So I, I, I'm I'm friendly with him. <laughs> We're like Facebook friends, and Did I we came to him on the street one yes, time. Yes, yes. <laughs> so great guy. Uh, he. So within like two years, I was like on my way to becoming a producer and like a field producer, getting sent out on trips and like given all this responsibility, and 
he was in that job for probably like five more years. And then eventually I think he was getting some, cause he was, he went to, didn't go to proper film school, but he was like a filmmaker. Like he's a really talented photographer mm-hmm. now. And, um, uh, he wanted to be a producer. Everybody there, like if you got the IT job, that's just because I just was getting a foot in the door. And I think the same thing, I'm making a lot of assumptions, but like these cookies you're describing of like, just keep giving them enough so that they stay mm-hmm. and we retain same. them in this position and we limit them. And I don't know if any of that happens consciously or officially. Yeah, but- I would say we want to hope it's unconscious because we don't want to face the fact that we're working for really colonialistic racist companies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for me, I was always making an excuse and like my self-esteem was just so in the gutter at that point that I'm like, it's me, you know, Mm -hmm. like it can't like be all of these other things. And meanwhile, you went to fucking Virginia tech and I assume did quite well while you were there. If you're, we're like, no, I, did, I did well. You're I like getting had like jobs. one powerful job after yeah. the next. You're getting, yeah, you're getting like law firm jobs, you're like poached. Like, so the, the was, fact that you're getting incepted with self esteem issues because of these. Yes, but it was always like, it wasn't like after I was no longer an assistant and it was like a nice title, good to have. It was like I was never promoted in any job mm. that I've had. Mm. And I'm seeing people that I know I'm doing a better job at get promoted. Yeah. So I was at a startup for three years and my title changed quite a bit because we had many restructures, but I was never promoted or given a raise. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And then I would be like, okay, I think the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I always say those phrases wrong. But I'm well, like, you camel, know what I'm A camel will break a straw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, I hit 90% of my target this year. Um, and I think I was on, I started two projects. One of them I could not complete. And I was telling people I needed help. And I have emails where I'm asking for help or emails that other people are blocking the completion of these projects. And I realized even if I burnt an American flag on (laughs) the news, you know, and had it like a barbershop quartet singing in the office (laughs) that I needed help, none of these people would listen to me because they want me to fail. Even yeah. if they don't know it, they want me to fail. Mm. And I was just like, and here it Because is. your success is their failure. Yes. So how dare you? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, and then those are just side projects. And I was like, my main goal was to hit a target and I hit 90% of it. I outperformed a man that uh, that was younger than me, white from South Africa, mm. Um who then got promoted into whose un- accent probably closed all his deals exactly. like nothing else. <laughs> and he's he's my friend so it's like no shade against him, yeah. but it's like he was promoted into a product role. I had another um one of my colleagues who she she left no stones unturned. She was a badass at what she did. They're mm-hmm. both I mean everyone you work with at a startup is probably going to be the smartest person you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um she was amazing at her job, but she was hired onto another team um and for me I was like 
trying to get on another team and not having the support to do that, trying to make my own thing happen, not having the support. And I'm like, but I did really, really fucking well on paper. Mm -hmm. And then in my um, performance review, it was kind of like stuff about my attitude and being difficult. And me (sighs) having an attitude of being difficult was me advocating for myself for Mm. very personal reasons. And if if and it's I, like sorry, go ahead. I, I just love those studies that come out where it's like if uh, if they thought the emails were coming from me, they yes. would be like, in this review, we want to talk about how great of a leader you are yeah. for being so assertive and advocating for yourself. Yeah. And I won't tell you the specifics because I'm writing an article about it. So yes. you'll nice. have to wait till it comes out. Um, <laughs> Exo Jane, medium, gonna be. <laughs> refinery twenty nine. Um, Medium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's just like the comparisons. But I called that out Mm. of gender bias Mm -hmm. and race bias to people in HR. Mm -hmm. And I was asking uncomfortable questions. Mm -hmm. I was asking why we were a company that talked about diversity in um, higher ed and we only had white people in our leadership. Right. I was like, because those... Those glamour. You're like Olivia Pope people. is fucking here, and she's got questions. <laughs> but, and then I was told that my questions were not strategic, and then I asked stupid questions. Ooh. What? I hate how startups talk. Your your it's questions aren't strategic. Go fuck yourself. I was like, there's so much, so much to unpack. But oh gosh. For me, it was like, and I think that's when I met you. Mm-hmm. And I had just bad review after bad review. And I was just like, something is just not. There was like something in your eyes when I met you. Yeah. <laughs> like, where it was just like, well, because I remember you said something too, like, just about being uncomfortable and like meeting people in this way. And like, now hearing this like backstory of yours, I'm like, all you were doing was like meeting people and strategizing and like, you know, yeah. like wheeling and dealing. And I'm like, that did not seem like the person that I met. And it, that was one of my first events at the wing. I think I had just joined. Yeah. And I was just like, I couldn't believe that people would just want to meet me and ask about me. Because yeah. I think you asked me what I did, but then you're like, I think y'all had just gotten married. And yeah, you, that probably makes sense. And yeah. you had your reception or um, ceremony at Hill Country yeah. Barbecue. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking love me. And yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> I was just like, I can't wait to man- meet a man that wants to eat meat. <laughs> day, you know, And I was just like, it was like, I think you were just asking me about myself and not what I did. And that's mm. a very DC thing to like mm. ask someone yeah. like what they do and that's their identity. Right. Yeah. And so I think you were asking me things about my identity and I was mm. just like very uncomfortable mm. meeting people in that situation. Yeah. And then I think the wing was the catalyst. Mm. For, it was the beginning of the end mm. right. of me because I would always just be like, well, I'm just this. And people would be like, what else are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can be anything you want to be. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being profiled by them. Yeah. And I was just like, had all these fucking titles in there. And like, I was also getting into energy he- healing and they put growth strategist and energy healer. So it was like, they saw me before it, yeah. mm-hmm. I saw myself. Yeah. And it's so yeah. cool to see those things juxtaposed in a way that maybe you wouldn't have written them out in that way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I wrote it was not, I had, I was trying to start a fashion line that I had to put on hold yeah. and it was like, I don't know who made the executive decision, but when it came out, I was like, Oh, they didn't say relationship manager, growth, like all yeah. of this stuff. <laughs> they said growth strat, or I think engagement and growth, 
an energy healer. Yeah. And like that was kind of it. That's kind of like huh. Ross wrote this article in the woman's blurb about our podcast was she also hosts a podcast about modern love and romance or marriage, yeah. modern love and romance. And we've been struggling with like, what is the elevator pitch for this show? Yeah, and she like wrote it for and, us. And whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just need like an outside set of eyes to like, yeah, like that that's encouraging and positive and, um, you know, nurturing. It sounds like they really got to the core of. Yeah. And then I think that came out maybe, maybe, maybe a year ago, but being around women that were so supportive. And mm -hmm. again, like I would just be like, I'm working from home. I can say this now. And I would be working from the wing. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you know? And like one day I was having, I forgot what it was, but I just started crying. Like I was just like, this is, not okay you're like get me to the pump room i know <laughs> i know i was like oh I, my old roommate is um, a member there and i was just like abby like i'm really struggling with this and like i'm sick of ha like these are stories that have happened already mm -hmm. so yeah. I, at this point it's like whose fault is it mm. um I, I know right um I mean, I get, I definitely get it. It's just like, how, how long does it take to walk away? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then if you take being, um, me being like, no, thank you. I'm not going to get another job. Yeah. I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to do I'm going to figure it out on my own mm -hmm. is breaking such deep ancestral. I was going to say mm. pop. Pops must have been, uh, hey, remember, women don't vote and we don't start companies either. <laughs> my, like my dad was just like my parents, like because I was back at home with them and I'd be in Annapolis for a week or two here and there. Mm -hmm. And like I told them about the situation that happened at work. And I was like, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I was like, you can't treat people like this. And I was like, and at this point, I've gone to our head of HR. Mm hmm. You know, I've gone to the highest that yeah. I could go and was basically gaslighted. Yeah. And after being a victim of gaslighting and doing research on that, now I know when I'm being gaslighted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, and then you add in the layer of like, now I'm an energy healer and I could literally, it turns dark when someone's mm -hmm. lying to mm -hmm. me. And I was just like, and now I know that I'm being lied to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, this is just crazy. And I was like, and they've now put into question my integrity mm -hmm. and one thing that this guy does could ruin my entire career mm -hmm. how did your father receive all that they were like okay we understand but maybe let's like you look for another job and, <laughs> uh, and, you know and it was kind of yeah. like and then I'd be like okay I'm gonna start working They're like well the RNC is this summer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then it was like I think they heard me but they didn't hear me and then I was just like going on my last work trip and I was just like I'm going to resign when I get back, most mm -hmm. likely. And I was just like, we, it's, it's about time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember going to London and sitting in a room and being like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I was getting on the plane back, and I actually just started sobbing. Mm. And I stopped drinking on planes because... I get really nervous. Well, a, yeah, there's like studies about that. Like uh, the emotional, we're like emotionally heightened on airplanes. Yeah. And so I'll try and write something and, or I'll just watch TV. And I used to like get plastered before getting on flights yeah. to do it. And so like, I just really avoid doing it because I'm scared. Yeah. And I have to look at like 
unpack why I'm scared yeah. yeah, type of thing and then use that energy for something else. And then this trip, I was just like, we're going to have some wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, there's no way I'm getting through mm-hmm. this flight yeah. with what's about to go down. And m- the guy next to me was actually an MBA student who had heard of our company. Wow. So I was just like, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, good for you. And he was just like, I told him about my business and he was like, it's so needed and I'm a white man in the corporate world. Wow. And he was just like, good for you. And so, well, let's hear about that. So what is the, what is the elevator pitch that you gave him? Oh, cause you, so you said I'm resigning from my job and he's like, what are you going to do? And you're like, well, actually I already have a company. Yes. Is that how that went down? Yeah. It was my five year plan that turned into a five month plan. That's the start of the elevator. I mean, that's your fucking book right there. Already. I'm like, I will buy that book. He will too. That doesn't like a book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so business strategy and healing Mm -hmm. for growth. For mm. for groups and companies or for individuals? Individuals, groups, and companies. So my tagline is not going to be everyone that anyone that gives a damn, but basically if you want to make the world a better place, then I want to work with you. So mm-hmm. working on the micro level of with individuals to have them be very clear on like what their life's purpose is, to set goals for themselves, to get them to their life purpose. Because I think once you figure out why you're put on this earth, mm-hmm. things will start to make sense. Mm-hmm. So is The Alchemist on your radar? Did you ever read that book? No. You have to read it. Okay. You have to read it. It changed my life. Uh, anyway, back to your book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. also like, I think I need to hire you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I earlier, need some clarity. <laughs> I mean, I'm also like, uh, you know, I'm not too into any of these people who are coming out as candidates for the next election. Yeah. I'm like, well, do you just want to be president? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh. Would you ever take that job? Actually, is what uh, healer I know, she was just like you for president, and yeah. I was just like, I have way too many skeletons in my closet. But mm. that's but well, that's the next generation of president, the presidential candidates. Like yeah. that's what we want. We want somebody who's like airing that shit out and is like, exactly. I don't give a fuck. I'm a yeah. human who's lived a life. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're not like I've never killed anybody, but, <laughs> but- <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe that's your life's purpose. Yeah, is to just. <laughs> drone strikes some motherfuckers <laughs> oh in office. God. All right, so you, you oh, yeah. help people find their life purpose. Yes. But also, sorry to interrupt, but before that, when did this energy healing stuff start for you? Oh, my gosh. Um, or has it always kind of been no, in the mix? No. So okay. I got into energy healing when I moved to New York because I was still... So when I left D.C., I was very, very unhappy mm-hmm. um, and felt like... I, well, I was depressed and I had like crippling anxiety mm. and I was also had chronic pain. And so when I moved to New York, I was doing a lot of yoga and also just like in my brain knew that the physical stuff was manifesting because I was sick and like my soul was sick yeah. type yeah. of thing. And so that's when I started getting into yoga. And then I went to get a massage that had Reiki infused in it. And it was like a shamanic Oh, wow. Cleaning. And I didn't know what any of that meant. It was a woman that could see me. It sounded interesting that I would get like rubbed down and have some smoke on me. (laughs) And I was like, didn't identify as a witch, a spiritual person. I was like, I always checked spiritual. You're like, I wear Lily Pulitzer. (laughs) I wear J. Crew. Yeah. I mean, you don't sound like you were headed in a witchy vibe. No, not at all. At all. Whatsoever. You're like, we need to burn more coal on this planet. (laughs) You know, it's like there was 
was nothing <laughs> spiritual about. I always just knew that I identified with a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, oh, were you raised Christian or anything like that? I wasn't raised anything really. My mom is a Christian. My dad's a Muslim. Mm-hmm. So they never made us choose. All mm-hmm. I knew is that oh. I didn't want to be a Christian mm-hmm. because my grandmother, when I was six, told me I was going to hell because I didn't want to go to church. Mm. And immediately I had said to her, well, isn't only God supposed to judge me? Mm. This is a six-year-old, yeah. and I never... You're like, I am going to law school, bitch. I know. <laughs> I had never read the Bible before. We had never been to church, really. So I don't even know where the hell that came from. And then she, like, grounded me, and I was like, I'm being grounded because I told my grandmother, who's a pastor, that only mm. God was supposed to judge me. Was she yeah. like, did she hate your dad and was like pissed at your mom that she like married a Muslim man? I mean, I, I wasn't around in the 70s yeah. or 60s. No, no, 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't a nice time. And then also if you, this is like, we'll never stop talking. But then you look at the dynamics of my dad marrying an African American woman, mm. which African Americans, two Africans are typically looked at as weaker people yeah 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 yeah. and so neither one of their families was really having it yeah that's i have a very close friend who's ethiopian and she moved here when she was like in her early teens and that was something she's like talked to me at length about like her mom always being like well we're not like them yes like Mm -hmm. you're gonna be different than like what's going on here yes the layers of self-loathing i mean it's like so (laughs) crazy you have the conditioning of just being a black woman in America and then you have the conditioning of my African family yeah. always told me I sounded like a hillbilly or something like that mm. and then my African American family telling me I wanted to be white white people telling me that they liked me because I was a white black person oh my god and I'd be like, I remember being like in kindergarten being like but I'm a Nubian queen <laughs> which you are you know, I'd be like but I don't want to be white but and like my family would make fun of me and stuff like that. And it was just like really hard. So if you think about it, like all of this stuff with Reiki, so the yeah. physical pain, yes, it helped me. And I was just like, but it also lifted this like cloud of depression that I had. Mm. And then there were other shifts of me like radically just accepting who I was. Yeah. And so, so you get to New York, you had been white knuckling it in DC and you, you're not feeling great. You start going to yoga, massage, Reiki, for people in that similar place, like what was your practice at that time? Like, were you going to these things once a week? Were you going to yoga twice a week? Like, what did that yeah. look like on the calendar? So it was once a week on a good month just because my dra- uh, job, I traveled a lot mm-hmm. and I'm a creature of habit. So I like go going to one studio, one teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe once a week, twice a week if I was lucky. For yoga. For yoga. Mm-hmm. And then Reiki... I didn't really try Reiki again until like six months later because I saw um, my one of my now breathwork teachers. I saw mm-hmm. her at an event and then I looked her up and saw that she just did Reiki. So not mm-hmm. the massage, the whole like mm-hmm. kit and caboodle. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm just going to go see what it's like. And are you doing other things to because I know yeah. I relate to that feeling of like, I just want to fix this. So like. For me, I would, I have so many self-help books up here that I remember, like, I read, like, I'd read, like, 10 pages of it and be like, fuck, I can't read this. This Yeah. Like, were you doing that thing, too, at all? My friend, when I first got into it, 
gave me you're a badass but i actually just read it mm. so that was like two years ago mm-hmm. um which i was like <laughs> i should have read this a long time ago mm-hmm. who uh, wrote that um jen cicero or something like mm. that it's actually it's painful some of the things that the language that's in it but it's also very much i think it's a manifestation 101 guy Mm -hmm. okay and it's not it's an easy read yeah if you do the the exercises in it i think that's a really great place to start when you're ready to take your healing journey to the manifestation Mm -hmm. phase Mm -hmm. so i think one it's like the healing phase and that just depends like for me i wanted to go all in so Mm -hmm. i went to like a breath work um, circle and the way that it came to me was like my friend was in town I had an allergic reaction we were supposed to go to this breathwork thing with our friends from Burning Man mm-hmm. and I used to be like Ugh, Burning Man mm-hmm. <laughs> right I mean I still am it's fine I know but I'm like well now I want to go this year <laughs> <laughs> well hello you're a healer fucking head into the desert bitch <laughs> yeah, you can, you can find me in black is that what it's called, BlackRock? I think okay, so. Okay, sure, yeah. I know people that went. I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> just be ready to gift some healing. Yeah, that's. I'm just gonna go and give Reiki and breathwork to people. Um, but anyway, so I went to a breathwork circle. Who after, like, I was supposed to go and it didn't work out. I was looking up one of the healers that she had mentioned in her email, and then ended up going to that studio, Maha Rose, with mm. another healer. And it was just so profound mm-hmm. what happened. And then like the days after that and the shifts, like the mindset shifts yeah. and all it yeah. took was me laying down and breathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then and I And start- having somebody articulate like what, what you're doing and why you're feeling it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then to have everyone in a group go around and you start to see common threads when you mm-hmm. go to these things, the people that show up mm-hmm. and they're always different. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not the only person that feels this totally. way. Right. Yep. And I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then I would go to like a breath work circle probably once a month. So I'm doing yoga once or twice a week and then doing Reiki every other week, maybe mm-hmm. depending on like where my fi- finances were. So breath work falls under the Reiki umbrella? Different. Okay. Yeah. Same, same, but different. Uh, breath work is an active three-part pranayama. So you breathe into your belly. So it's closer to the yoga end of things. Yes. You breathe into your chest and then you breathe out, breathe out through your mouth. Mm-hmm. So yoga and pranayama. Pranayama is yoga. Pranayama is a limb of yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember Connor's class. We did a lot of different breathing. Yeah, he loves exactly. pranayama. Mm-hmm. And this <laughs> specific modality of pranayama you do in a group or one-on-one mm-hmm. uh, with someone that's trained to lead groups gotcha. or one-on-one. Is it the is it the always breathing out of your mouth, in the belly, chest, yeah. exhale? Yes. I just did that for the first time recently with um, Sam Story. Do you know her? She's the yeah. acupuncturist who works at um, Britta Plug's studio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> It was really cool. It was like yeah. a really interesting experience. Yeah, people equate the the experience that you have and the revelations to doing ayahuasca. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it one-on-one. Yeah. I also do couples. Oh, giving you guys a couples. Uh, that would be fun. See I, see, I don't think I had. No, we'll schedule it. I can we'll only schedule do it. We'll like yeah, yeah, yeah. one foot in front of we the other. We would have been, today would not have been the same. Yeah, end, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's where I think, I feel like you should pick one thing that resonates with you because I was like 
into the Reiki, into the breathwork. Um, I was getting crystals, you know, I was getting tarot readings. Was this all happening during your Saturn returns phase? So, yeah. So this was like my Saturn return is when I left DC. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so at this point I'm 30 and I don't know how long they last. I've, I've always heard three have, years, right? Ripples. <laughs> ripples. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah. So if you... If you look at it, it was like I was coming home to myself finally. Yeah. Because I was 30 when I moved to New York. I totally believe in this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because like 27 was when I got sober and like started going to therapy Mm -hmm. and meetings and like everything you're describing about that mental shift of like everything I thought was true about myself and what I desired in life and what I wanted was like all of a sudden like flipped on its head in some way or just shifted slightly enough to know like, oh yeah, this is so much more important to like be my authentic self and find and do what I truly wanted to do. And it didn't all happen at once because then it was like cascading realness over the years. So uh, it's so interesting to hear, hear that for you. And I feel like the, the past six months have been like the fucking peak of me like coming out of it and then being like this is who I am and I want everybody to be very motherfucking clear on who I am Mm -hmm. because I don't have time Mm -hmm. to explain myself in 2019 yeah and you're not you're not here for cookies you're not here (laughs) for the carrot on the stick of like just stay in line stay in your lane like you're you're like following what the universe wants for you yeah And so for me, it's like, if you want me to subscribe to your image of me or to check a box, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not really going to work out. So Mm -hmm. you can go talk to other people that can do that for you, but like, that's not going to be me. And I know that that's very like, people are always like, you get more, more bees with honey. And I'm like, okay, what, what is that? You want me to edit myself? And I'm like. I could I can no longer do that because I also need to think about the generations of of black women that are coming after yes. me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm like yeah, it yeah. stops with me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. we're done with that. It's cute. You know, it's like we've done that. Let's move yeah. on from that storyline now. Yes. Yeah, it's like time for you to be like the biggest version of yourself and the truest version of yourself and the most unfiltered version and like that's like Ross inspires me to think more like that because I'm I'm such a <laughs> I was I was just talking. Oh, my God. Go on. Uh, well, I was just telling some people, some other comedians that like I am a person that will um, I'll like make certain sacrifices to get like a little bit of gain. You know, like I'll work with some like I just did. How do I talk about this vaguely? Uh <laughs> I'll I'll work with shady people uh, to get more stage time, to get more money, mm-hmm. to get more opportunities. I actually processed this in therapy and I was saying, I was telling her that I've been working with this guy who doesn't have a good reputation with women. Uh, like he, anyway, um, <clears throat> never, nothing physical, no assault or anything like that. Just. He talks shit. He talks shit. Uh, he's just shady. doesn't hire. assault. He doesn't hire enough women, et cetera. Um, And the way I've been justifying it, and this might be me justifying my old career to friends or you Mm -hmm. talking about your career with your friends, whatever. It might be the same thing. But part of me is like, uh, one, perhaps in his circle of comedians, 
there needs to be a me in there so that I'm giving voice to, mm. I know I'm just another white guy, but the things I talk about on stage are sensitive and uh, I am a feeler and I am a... Uh, evolved. You're an evolved cis white man. Yeah. Yeah. So so maybe maybe I, I, I need to do these gigs to be, to have a presence in his circle. And number Would two... Would you challenge him? I don't know him that well. Like it's literally like te- a text message yeah. based so my my challenge to you mm-hmm. <laughs> please and, I, and I, I recently had um a dinner about diversity in the wellness space mm-hmm. and i invited a cis white man who's very popular um and he had asked a question of how do i get more people like me in the room to listen mm-hmm. i was like well that's your job to figure out Mm-hmm. You know, and like you have to be like call your friends out that claim to be socially innovative mm-hmm. people but have questionable behavior. Yeah. And like when you do this work of being in alignment with the universe and serving a higher purpose, not just racism work or sexism work, when you're aligned with the universe for your higher good and the universe is higher good, your life will shift. Mm hmm. And like, you're going to have to be like, you're going to have to say something eventually. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, if this guy's problematic, it's like either distance yourself from him or get in with this motherfucker so you can call him out on his shit in a way that actually stops harm from going to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be like, oh, I don't know him enough. Well, invite him over. Yeah, yeah. Movie time. You not have a nice I'm couch. Home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, not 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 yet. But like, I didn't sign up for that work. <laughs> have, have him on the podcast. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'll say some things. Uh, yeah. No, that's the movies. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate that. That those are those are good thoughts. Um, and I think you know, I guess part of me wants to be defensive and and be like, well, I did actually try to get a woman to come with me to do these shows, uh-huh. to co-headline these shows, and uh, and that felt like me doing something. And then I told her who the gigs were for, and she was like, yeah, I need to pass on that. Mm. Uh. Well, that's also good. It's like you're gonna have to try. You're gonna have to throw spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, yeah, and see what sticks. But just like try and be a better ally. Like ask her. Yeah. Ask her, be like, how can I be a better ally to you? Well, here's, uh, well, that, there's that. Uh, here's, sure here's, doing. here's how selfish I was in that moment. I was like, so is it a bad look that I'm like doing this with this dude? And she's like, no, nah, like I wouldn't personally judge you. Like you got to do what you got to do for stage time. Like I get it. I work with shady people too. So I wanted to be absolved of the guilt. Yeah. And I that's put, a, which that's an old school so, move. Of yeah. Yours. Oh yeah. I love that move. <laughs> so I put that emotional labor on her to make me feel okay about yeah. it. That's funny because working at a startup, most likely you'll become friends with the people that you work with. And so for me, I was I would be like, how can other I tell this to my friends and then be like, that sucks that happened to you. And then I see them like cozying up to the motherfucker Mm -hmm. that violently spoke to me. Yeah, it was hard for me to be like, because if I saw someone do that. And I've been in situations where I've called people out there in a position of power for abusing their power because mm-hmm. that's just me, you know, like I won't say here. I am just like, <laughs> I will touch the hot stove one too many times, yeah. you know, until like my finger has fallen off. If it's for 
a greater good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that's also ego too. So I would just like, how do I find peace with people when I feel like they can see exactly what's going on and they don't say anything because the situation is serving them. Mm-hmm. And then you have to look at it of like, you got to do what you got to do. And then there's a thin line for people that exploit mm-hmm. the abuse of other people or join in on that. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like a... And ignoring it, the people that ignore it. Yeah. There's people that actually perpetuate that. So like for me, when the list of people that were perpetuating it as opposed to just being passive was outgrowing the passive mm-hmm. list, I, w- I was like, this is, to- this is what toxicity yeah, looks yeah, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this got heavy and dark. <laughs> well, uh, it's, I, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, no, 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 that's, no, no, it's on me. It's on me. Um, I do have a way to turn it, but you sound like you have another question. Well, I, I guess I'm just thinking about how different my work experiences are to both of yours because I, and also like I was a psych major in college mm-hmm. too, but my life went a very different path and I've always kind of been like a justice warrior. Like I can't, Mm. like I can't keep my mouth shut. And I've always been like that since I was really little, which I think is also why I've like never had a corporate job (laughs) because I just like can't operate within those confines. And like, you know, I went from like waiting tables to being a freelancer, you know? Mm. And so like these type of work environments you're describing is like, of the movies to me. Like, I can't uh, even envision it. Like, I'm like, that is wild. Like, you were like <laughs> wheeling and dealing with these like big wigs and like knowing what to say and like just finger guns all over the place, you I know? I still love finger gunning. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so interesting that Actually, like- I do like the idea that you were like sort of like a undercover, just like douche, douchey white guy no, in a lot of no, your I old jobs. I'm a recovering douchebag. Like- Literally yeah. a douche. I used There's to, another which, book. That's a second book. Look, I'm even, a recovering douchebag. I didn't even know like all this stuff about you, obviously. And like I saw the other day that you had posted a screenshot of your like talking with former friend, Republican lobbyist yeah. buddy or whatever. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've only ever known like that you now that you're a healer and like yeah. that you were at this tech startup like that was it you know and yeah. I was like oh we're gonna we're really gonna get t- into some stuff on the podcast yeah. <laughs> I was like there's way more than I knew like <laughs> like Republican lobbyist what's going on this, here this episode is such a good uh, companion episode to Cotty Dell's episode yes we we spoke to someone who is a um, uh, nanny in house she started out as a nanny for the Coke family. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't think we're allowed to say that. <laughs> we'll uh, bleep it. We'll yeah. bleep it in post. <laughs> um, yeah, because she never said the family. And she actually, she is a really good friend of mine from uh, one of my like fashion jobs. Mm-hmm. And she was in production. One of the only women of color. She's Dominican, mm-hmm. like born and raised here. A lot of the same sort of stuff, like super smart, very educated, like navigating all these different places that are giving her lots of opportunities, but also like people keeping her small too, Yeah, you know? And yeah. And so she started as a nanny for this family and then like suddenly was like the head bitch in charge as like personal mm. assistant and was just like taking care of everything, you know? And then it like 
And I've seen it too, even in this, this company that I freelance for, like she was like the fucking best. And I mean, like I miss her so much at this company, but like she had to fucking stand up for herself so much, like in a way that all these other fucking 20 something white bitches like just did not have to do, you know? It's like, um, Rachel Ricketts, who is a anti-racism activist. Um, and I'm a fangirl of hers. Mm -hmm. Now we're like Instagram friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but she, she has a spiritual one-on-one class. I say like, start there. If you're white, black, you know, and everything in between start there. Mm -hmm. Cause she has one for white people and black people. Oh, interesting. Colored people. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't even know the correct words to say. Um, and then she has a 102 that is specifically for white and white passing people. Mm. And then another one that's specifically for people of color. Wow. So people it's of color. Spirituality have, class? Um, it's spiritual activism Spiritual activism. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, I would say that and Layla Saad's Me and White Supremacy Workbook. Um, the Me and White Supremacy Workbook, especially, it's a 28-day challenge that started off as an Instagram challenge that is now a book that cool. you could download for free. And then like, Where send- does it get into like how to talk to family members about flying the Confederate flag? Yeah. <laughs> is that on day? We've got a few of those we need to I haven't been on the one for white people for 102. <laughs> Um, we and, got a lot of racists to yeah. tackle. <laughs> and that's in the workbook. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she she said something in her spiritual, Rachel's spiritual activism workshop. She said, I have to fight for my humanity. And I literally started crying because I was <sighs> like, I've been fighting for my humanity for all of my life, for people to just treat me like a human. Yeah. You know, like, and to get the, the, the level of respect from someone is... It, it was a fight. And yeah. I think this year I was just like, I'm not fighting for it anymore. Yeah. And like, that means boundaries. It means me speaking up for myself. It means me not putting myself in situations where I know I'm going to be treated like trash. Like when I had that like life altering conversation with the head of my department, I actually wrote a journal and entry and I just wrote like, I quit. Mm. And I was like, I quit with, white men in power or anyone in power trying to take mine from me because it scares them. Mm. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm done. And I was just like, that moment changed everything for Mm -hmm. me. And I was just like, cause all we're talking about is to like, to be treated with decency (laughs) on a human level. Yeah. Which doesn't happen, which is insane. <laughs> it's know, it's so I crazy know. to it's so crazy to think about all of those things that you are spelling out and that need to be requested or um that that need to be asked for whatever. Uh it's it's a bullet point list of like ten things that you just mentioned, you know, like basic respect and to be seen and et cetera. Those are all things that happen in a microsecond for me when I walk into a room it's not even considered or thought about it just happens subconsciously chemically in the other white guy's brain that we're all good here yeah Yeah. thanks for coming Patrick great to meet you big smile yeah like (laughs) It's, we're going golfing yeah. this weekend. You want to come out on your, our boat? Last night I got invited to strangers' jacuzzis after the show. <laughs> like they don't fucking know me. Yeah, or 
it's like you when I see someone be like, oh, you're cool. Yeah, mm. you're like, like look at me like I'm a fucking zoo animal yeah. mm-hmm. because I'm a recovering douche. I sound <laughs> like a douche, so mm-hmm. they're like, oh well, you're douchey just like me. Yeah, yeah. we yeah, can yeah. be friends, yeah. you know, type of thing. And to be in a room with people where you know that someone dislikes a white man you know to the core of him as a human being and Mm -hmm. you know that they love you or have love for you as a person and they'll show more respect to a white man Mm -hmm. Mm. it is that's like the internalized shit right yes and so i'm packing a lot of that once i decolonized colonized my mind and did a lot of work of like anti-racism work that I still have to continue to do that's embedded in me I'm able to recognize it in other people Mm -hmm. and for me um because I came out in such a hard stance um against white supremacy and white fragility in the wellness space Mm. that I couldn't sit back and not say anything anymore and I had been like punished for it enough in my work situation. Mm-hmm. And then I it was to the point where like it was going to keep coming up for me and I could not say anything cuz I was taking everyone in my company that surrounded me out of their journeys that they were on. Mm-hmm. And like that's ego. Yeah. So like I can't go preaching to people that it's so ingrained in the culture and they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I mm. need to make a conscious decision to do something that scares me. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like the classic thing that you're like up against is like um, like the angry black man thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's the like, angry black woman. Yeah. And uh, you're also you're a healer. So but you're an activist. So it's like you're literally spending. I'm curious what the ratio is of like fighting to healing, you know. Mm. Well, uh, it's, it's not. I mean, it's fighting for healing. Yeah. yeah. It's like talking about these things so we can heal it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, um, I was struggling with like, with me, you know, people do those like Instagrams, like it's been a while or it looks like I have new followers. Mm-hmm. Here's who I am. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of have to do something like that. And you're I'm, wearing all the hats now. I'm dreading it. Yeah. But it's like, I was think I was like fighting for fighting has such a negative connotation to it, but for anti-racism. But I think that's also the racism that makes Mm -hmm. you feel like fighting is a bad word. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fight. I want to like have conversations about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You know, like I want to initiate anti-racism, you know, like I want it to be something, but it's like, we're at a point right now where like, it is a fucking fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, suit up and like get whatever weapon you want to use and then figure out what side of the the line you want to stand on Mm -hmm. and get to work i think that we're in like a very critical critical turning point and not just like our world but like humanity and we and there's so many options so many weapon options there's the the reiki stones and the 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 palo santo and the the yoga mat and or the pen or the guitar or whatever music or there's the fucking uh the tiki torches from home depot exactly yeah it's the the machine guns and the automatic weapons Mm -hmm. and like let's just take note of who's using what 
Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm in college, man. This is cool, man. <laughs> this is a great conversation. I, I'm like, I like, I feel like if we keep talking, maybe we'll figure it all out or nah. uh, inspire someone I to. Know. I'm yeah. Like, we could literally keep going and going. Too. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, just, so let's talk about it. So I, somebody says, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have Miriam consult with us. We're going to mm-hmm. bring her in. What does your work look like? Like, what does it look like to go? F- like full what's the full package yeah so obviously individual level would be one-on-one reiki or breathwork sessions and when i work with someone um i mean i'm also a a sweetheart you Mm -hmm. know like i'm very like you did refuse a handshake and went in for the hug when i met you tonight (laughs) so like I I am a healer where I have that soft, compassionate side of me Mm -hmm. um, in whatever modality people feel comfortable with because I'm always like, let's see where you're comfortable at. Mm -hmm. I I can tell someone like needs breath work and I'll be like, let's start off with Reiki. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like what are we going to ease their their spiritual toe into? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I like to send people homework afterwards. And homework, I say that very loosely, like it's homework like w-e-r-k of like you could do this Mm -hmm. and i think those are the teachers i love the most of like you could do this here is what came up here are some options from what i have learned yeah and like this is my knowledge and then i'll also send people either to someone else or the readings or podcasts or articles of other healers Mm -hmm. so i don't have a monopoly on someone's healing Mm -hmm. and then kind of measuring like that startup style of like okay here's where we were at last time here's where we are now yeah Yeah. and like what do we need to do and then helping them design goals for themselves exactly cool um and then i also offer workshops um and this would be for like a small team Mm -hmm. or a corporate company that's like socially innovative that's Mm -hmm game changing and talking to them about wellness and the important of importance of wellness as it relates to their company um, and then individuals. So I did a workshop recently for um, a media group, the Black mm-hmm. Public Media Group, and talking to them the importance of self-care as artists mm-hmm. and then gave them some tools that they could use and then also brought some of that lean startup mentality of like, here's what you should be doing on a quarterly basis, a year, how you can measure it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really driving home being an uh, an artist of color and surviving in a world that we are in right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the growth strategy side of things, and that would be working with an entrepreneur, artist, creatives, or with a company um, and working on sustainable growth mm-hmm. and really figuring out what people's higher purpose is. Cause I think if you don't have a higher purpose, you're going to, you're going to be sick in other ways yeah. in your company yeah. and then kind of prescribing what I think the gaps are and how it could be fixed and where I could help with. So if that's like helping pos- uh, people position their brand um, work on their operations, their communications, uh, partnerships, mm-hmm. how they can grow, and then also making re- recommendations from people that I've worked with in the past that could come on as consultants to help with the other areas mm-hmm. that I don't have expertise in. Because I think that's also, again, I don't have a monopoly. Yeah, knowing, yeah. knowing what you don't know and 
exactly being honest about it and not being like a you know like the lobbyist version of you might be like yeah we can solve all these problems for Mm, you and we do everything and like kind of like bullshitting people but it sounds like you're very real with people yes and like i have worked across a lot of industries i've worked in a lot of departments from like legal state affairs you know, I, Oh, you're qualified. I know. I've I've seen the gamut and what I could, and then working at a startup too, seeing so much of like, I can tell you exactly what's wrong. Yeah. Or I can tell you in general what's wrong and I can give you a lot of solutions, but I can't do everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. Could you walk into an office space and like see or sense physical energy fields or auras like, could you see where the dark corner is of an office? So for me, um, I'm clairsentient. I'm ma- I'm multiple clairs, but for me, it's more of the feeling. And that's like clairvoyant or whatever. Clairvoyant. I don't know what clair. Clairsentient is clear feeling. Okay. So I'll actually like feel where there's stagnant energy or negative mm. energy, mm. positive energy will move towards the positive energy or be like, oh, you know, I'm going to stay over here. Mm-hmm. That's some days I'd walk into the office and like feel what people are radiating on and be like, I'm going to go get a coffee. And then I would come back the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. And I would, I brought in other people to come in and speak to my company about mindfulness. So it wasn't coming directly from me. Oh, nice. Like the um, passive aggressive booking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are kind of the, the three. And what's pillars. the business name? In Dogba. In Dogba. Yeah, so in Dogba, um, D A G B A. Dogba means grow in Yoruba. And oh, cool. E Dogba, I D A G B A, means growth. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a play on both of those words. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and I wanted to ask the both of you, you both, we all had tea. Uh, my tea bag doesn't have a cool tag with something on it. <laughs> oh, Do you two want to read your tags and just Ooh. comment on it? Oh, I, I smushed mine up. What does yours say, Ross? Mine oh. says, you are unlimited. Wow. How does that make you feel? feels pertinent (laughs) (laughs) it's so so fitting i feel like when i'm feeling particularly i'm not feeling particularly limited but i broke my arm and like a couple months ago and it really sidetracked all the plans that i had for 2019 so Mm. i'm sort of in a like a regrouping and and feeling limited like my yoga practice is is not what it was and I'm like afraid of how long it's going to take to be what it was and you know maybe it's not supposed to be the way that it was the journey there were like many gifts that came out of this Mm -hmm. injury there were there were so yeah it feels feels apropos Maryam what's your say if we give happiness to others we will end up happy You can, if you want a pair of scissors to cut that off so you can bring it to your, you can bring it to your consultation. It's overly simplistic, but I guess we'll take it. Let me, let me hear it again. If you give happiness, if you give happiness to others, we will end up happy. That's nice. I'm, I like that. Yeah. I think it's like when they say hurt people, hurt people, Mm. you know, and so it's the other side of that coin, the other side. And so for me, it's like, I'm operating out of love. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. even when I tell someone to go fuck off, that's mm-hmm. like 
I'm upper. I know myself. They deserve it. Yeah. yeah it's setting yeah. a boundary. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the most like appropriate language? But like I've I've done harm onto others and I will because I'm human. But at the end of the day, like when you do I do journaling exercises, it's like, who are you? And I, I sit and meditate with that and it always comes back to love. Mm. So I know that I and I think that's all human beings. So if you come from a place of love, others will receive that and then you'll get love back. That's so great. <sighs> and what a good what a good spot to say goodnight. Yes. And thank you. I really do think that you'd be a great presidential candidate. Oh. So mm-hmm. consider that for the future. <laughs> You're not 35 yet, right? So or just, no, I just got an, two more years. So yeah, no, you have time to get your platform together. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot of energy that needs healing. So oh, you can gosh. do that for a few decades before you take on yeah. public office if you like. And uh, everything is energy, so gotta buckle up. Yeah. 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 Well, Miriam, thank you so much for doing our podcast. Thank and you. Uh, all our listeners can find you on Instagram at uh, what's the handle? Um at Miriam Ajayi. And then my company would is going to be, will be, is uh in dot dogba, D A G B A. D-A-G-B-A. Okay. And any things you want to like say that are coming up on the horizon that you want to promote? Yeah, I mean, check out my website. Okay. Um, I think follow my company website on no on the internet on the internet. <laughs> just just have that window so open go on the at internet. all times. Go on, yeah, and then like hire me. Yes. And I also uh will have like a PayPal up on there. So if you want to send a donation. Send it. Yeah. So love like, it. You don't have to send me love and, and energy. Well, money is energy. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, send. Because you are now a startup. Yeah, I'm now a startup. I'm a CEO and founder. This is your Woo! 20th startup you've worked for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one that fucking matters. <laughs> That's true. right. Yeah. And all of those startups were for this startup. This yeah. was all preparation. I. I say that my last job was my greatest case study. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Um, and if anybody out there wants to see me do comedy in Minnesota, <laughs> I'll be there from March 28th to March 29th. Oh. Uh, sorry to cut you off for my own self-promotion. How, would, how did that feel Sounds energetically? About white. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Sounds oh about my white. God. Yes. Wow. All right. It's all right. You're uh, cute. <laughs> Hun, anything from you? Nope. I'm just, uh, you know, trying to make money living my life over here. And you'll be on Instagram. I'll be on Instagram. I'll, I'll post a funny video or two. Yeah. Sure. Your stories are next level. Keep, oh, go I, on. I, I haven't done them. one in a while. I, I, You know what? Maybe I need to step that. I'm unlimited, so yes. I'm going to need to step it up. Step it up. All right. Thanks for listening for everybody. For everybody? <laughs> You're you've, you're spent. I'm tired. Oh, uh, chicken nugget. Oh thank God. you. Thanks everybody for listening, and thank you, Marion. Yes, oh, thank you guys. so you much guys for being blessed. here. Thank you. All right, bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.